right, if you have your Bibles, would you stand with me and go to 2 Peter chapter 1. Enough with all that. So, last year, I didn't start off the year having a particular series that was going to lead us throughout the year, but as as our um, Legacy Weekends developed, the one big family mindset took over, and I just was able to put together a series that kept us going for the whole year titled One Big Family. And these last couple of weeks I've had a chance to think about a lot and pray about a lot. What's the main message this year, God? What do you want me to say? Is there, is there a main message that you want me to be focusing on for our church this year? And God gave it to me. It's titled Back to the Basics. I don't know. This may be a six-week message series. It may be a 53-week series We'll see where God takes us on that. I've got four or five messages planned already, but, um, but we'll see where it goes. And I've titled the message today, Why We Should Live Well. Back to the basics. So what I want to do is read 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 11, and then explain to you how we're going to go about this this year, and then lay out the message for you today. Okay, so 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. I read this passage to our Sunday school class today. This is the foundational passage of Scripture for this series. We're going to go back to it some in the next couple of weeks. We're actually going to break it down in pieces. And then when we're done with that, we're still going to be talking about back to the basics. But this will be our foundational passage for this entire series. Back to the basics. All right? 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 3. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith. Now, I just want to stop here in reading this. Add to your faith. So the the foundation of our lives is our faith in Jesus Christ, correct? Isn't that what the Bible says? For no other foundation can anyone lay except that which has been laid, which is Christ Jesus. So... He is the foundation. The Bible says that if a man builds a house on a, on a faulty foundation, when the winds come, the storms come, it will destroy that, that foundation and that house. But if he builds it on the strong foundation, the solid rock of Jesus Christ, the solid rock of our faith in him, then it can withstand the storms and the tests of time. So for this reason, make every effort to add to your faith. Now you can build your house. Goodness and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. 
and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Back to the basics. I want to talk to you about living well. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. As we open it up and we start this new series, I pray, Father, that it would be life-giving, life-changing, life-building for us. And I know it will as we base it upon your word. And I prayed in Christ's name, amen. And you may be seated. Now, I want to give you a little peek into what we're doing. So next week, here's what we're going to talk about next week. Next week, we're going to be laying out the foundation here, the building blocks to living well. So we're going to start, start building it and start laying it out based on this passage of Scripture, you know, starting with our faith and going from there. So that's what we're going to be doing next week. But I want you to look at what we dealt with last week. Because it's important for us to see how all this works together. Remember last week, we talked about it's important for us to get back to some things. And that's how God gave me this in the last couple of weeks, this idea about going back to the basics. And we said last week that we have to get back to the Bible. And then we said we have to get back to prayer um, for the power in our lives. And then we said we have to get back to living by faith, to trusting God and believing in Him, and, you know, being mature Christians as we walk by faith, and and give up control of our lives to Him so that He would be in control of our lives, and it would take all the stress off of us. So that's what we dealt with last week, and so I want you to see how all this works together. So last week we dealt with that. Today what I want to talk to you about is why we should do this, why you should live well, why is it important? For me to care about how I live my life, the decisions I make, the people I hang with, the financial decisions I make, the spiritual decisions that I make, what I do with my body, where I go, why are these things important? So I want to lay out this foundation, why we should live well, and then we'll be able to build upon that in the, in the weeks to come. So Here are three things I want to give you. I'll give you the first one. Number one, why we should live well, okay? And I've got it kind of mixed up here. We, then I should say, uh, because our physical health depends on it. But, But personalize it to yourself. My physical health depends on living well. My physical health depends on living well. You say, well, where do you get this idea of living well? Well, in verse three, if you'll notice in the main text here it says his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life for a godly life for a good life for a life well lived god's given us everything that we need to live a good life there should be no excuse for living a bad life now we can't control things that happen to us I'm not talking about you living for God and bad things happening to you. I'm talking about what you do with what happens to you and the decisions that you make and that I make. And so why should we should live well? Because my physical health depends on it. Now I want you to see how this all builds and works together. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 through 20. Here's what the Bible says. Do you not know that your bodies are the temples of of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God, you are not your own. 
You were bought at a price, therefore honor God with your bodies. Honor God with your bodies. Now, here I am, I'm preaching this. And during the holiday season, at some point in time, and the reason I say holiday season, and by the way, when somebody says happy holiday to you, don't get offended anymore. You know what? It comes from the, from the, from the Christian word holy day. So they're actually trying to get away from holiday, but anyway, it's holy day. So during the holiday season, I found myself several times eating while I was sitting in my recliner. Anybody ever do that? Right? Only about three or four of us? Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> and while I was sitting in my recliner eating, for the first time in my life, I realized that I had my plate here, and here I am eating, and it didn't matter. One time I had made this big old cheese ball, and I had some crackers. See, crack- crackers are healthy for you. And, uh, and so I was putting, slapping all that cheese ball stuff on the cracker, and sometimes I would bite into it, and it would fall. And I noticed that it wasn't falling onto the plate. It was actually falling onto this part, onto the shelf that I had here. And at first I said, this is so cool, I got a shelf. And I started, started picking, it, picking it apart and started eating it. You know, I mean, hey, don't waste anything. Oh, there's a crumb there. Yep, there we go. Then, let me ask you something. You ever worked in a restaurant? You have to wear, you know, same clothes all the time. You got to wash it, wear it, wash it, wear it, wash it, wear it. It gets a smell to it, doesn't it? This food smell, you can't get out of the clothes. Well, that one T-shirt that I had dropped all kinds of stuff, sweet potato souffle on it and all kinds of stuff that had been on it, Penny washed it, and it's one of my favorite soft T-shirts to wear at night. And so I put it on, and when I put it on, it had that, that, that like, bad grease smell to it. I could smell the, you know, the laundry detergent on it and all of that, but I could smell it. And then I realized where it had all fallen on the shelf part of the shirt. And I went, oh my gosh, I never thought that I would live to have one of these. And I was kind of excited to have a shelf. And then I realized I went on the scale and I went, "Uh uh-uh, not good. And so I said, you know, I want to do something about this. I want to start eating better and eating healthier. So I started yesterday. And I'm so proud of myself because... I ate a salad, and I ate some rotisserie sliced chicken on the salad. But then as soon as I ate the salad, I wanted a cookie. (laughs) But instead, I ate a banana. And then I come home last night, and Penny has some awesome um, uh, potato soup. And that's good in and of itself, but she had the sour cream right next to it. Anyway, I've messed up on that one little area. And then last night, right before I went to bed, I wanted to go eat a bowl of cereal, but then I realized I got to get rid of this shelf and I got to get my body in better shape. And so I ate a banana. How you like that? You proud of me? That's just one day. It's a long road ahead. My physical health depends on it. My body is the only body I have. It's the temple of the Holy Spirit. And don't get me wrong. Listen to me. I, I don't b- believe that... that that we need to be exercise freaks and all of that. But I do believe that we have to care for this body. We have to rest. We have to do some things to keep this body 
functioning for the glory of God. And, and you know, I, I can't believe it. I see some of my friends that I went to high school with. And they're all going to all these concerts back, back, back for, for, for the, uh, those, those groups that we used to listen to back in the day before I became a Christian. ZZ Top concert and going on and on. And they're all, man, and I see them, you know, and I see pictures and I see when they post them because the next morning I see them at 2 and 3 in the morning. These people are in their 50s. And man, they go, yeah! And I'm looking at them I'm like, you look like you're 80. I know I do too with my beard, but anyway. I'm looking at the way they're living, and I'm saying, how can they continue to do that to their bodies? I can't live that way. I have people invite me to go, say, hey, we're having a bonfire. I said, what time's it starting? Oh, at 9 or 10 o'clock. I'm out. I got to go to sleep, man. Got to take care of my body. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, and then Romans 12, 1 and 2. Look at what the Bible says here about about this Romans 12 1 and 2 says therefore I urge you brothers and sisters sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices or as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God this is your true and proper worship And do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and prove what is that perfect will of God, or God's will is good, pleasing, and perfect will. So, do not conform to this world, but to offer our bodies a living sacrifice. And so as long as I'm alive and and kicking, I've got to do what I can, what God's given me to live for him and so so living well affects your body again don't misunderstand what i'm saying i'm not saying that we all have to go and pay for a gym membership what i'm saying is that when you live right it helps you physically it helps you physically when you're living ungodly it deteriorates you physically. It's bad enough that our outward body is, is, is falling apart and, and growing older and dying each day that we live. But you enhance that process when you don't take care of your body properly. And so we should live well. And why we should live well? Because my physical health depends on it. Ungodly living takes a toll on your physical body it does <clears throat> um, talking about these crazy rock groups from back in the day um, i read a an article the other day about eddie van halen y'all know who eddie van halen is anybody know one of the greatest guitar players in the world uh you know from the group van halen married valerie bertinelli member from uh, what was the name of that show that that sitcom she used to be on huh the one day at a time i, I was going to say the facts of life but that's a different one right one, one day at a time i couldn't believe when she married him i was like what is she seeing that guy and she married him and i read a story about him every day of their lives it was drugs and drinking and partying and anything you can imagine for years and 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 years. And it took a toll on his body. 
You can't live that way. So, living godly, living well, will help us physically, okay? I'm building something here. I want you to see it with me. Number two, why we should live well. My emotional health deserves it. My emotional health deserves it. Let me just say this to you before we go any further. There's a lot of drama in this world. And there's a lot of drama at work. And there's a lot of drama with people. And tell me, as you live, the longer you live, those of you who are not drama queens, the last thing you want in your life is all this drama, right? You know why? Because the drama makes you sick. It does something to you emotionally. It wears you out. It wears on your nerves. And so it's important that we live well, we live according to Scripture, we do what God's Word says, we act in a right way, so that emotionally we're not sick and messed up. And so our emotional health deserves for us to live right. Look at what the Scripture says in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be, what? Anxious about anything. Don't be anxious. Okay? So when my future son-in-law called to ask me for, the, his, for, for, for my favor upon him in marrying my daughter, uh, I wasn't anxious about anything. Except how I was going to kill him. No, just kidding. We got a lot of stuff going on. Hey, can I tell you, you brides-to-be and you families that are getting ready to go through this, and I'm preaching to myself as well and i know that that weddings can be stressful and all of that but i'm just saying this to you the bible says don't be anxious about anything do what you can plan well give it your best without driving everybody else crazy and leave it at that you know what they're going to get married okay it's going to happen are there things that make you anxious are there things that emotionally get you going well the bible says do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God helps us emotionally. And our emotional health deserves us to live right. Because if you don't, you're anxious. It's been proven in studies that when you've got all this stress on you, that stress can cause serious physical harm to you. It can do a lot to you spiritually, emotionally. It can damage you. So my emotional health deserves it. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Look at what the Bible says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Proverbs 14.30 says this. A heart at peace gives life to the body. A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. A 
heart at peace gives life to the body. See how these work together? So my physical health depends on me living right. My emotional health deserves it. it, it I got to have it. I, if, if I live right and live according to God's word, it creates a healthiness within me emotionally so I can deal with the problems and the challenges of life and so that I'm, I'm not the person that when people see me coming, they want to go the other way because I'm an emotional wreck all the time. My emotional health deserves it. A heart at peace gives life to the body. Gives you peace and strength. All right? And then, Proverbs 17, 22. The scripture says here. A cheerful heart, a cheerful spirit, is good medicine. But a crushed spirit dries up bones dries up the bones a cheerful heart is good medicine i need to live right and then i can have true happiness and true joy deep within me and it affects me emotionally it stabilizes me emotionally the way i should be these things are important guys to our lives and if we get back to the basics of living and we live well, man, it's going to help us physically to put our bodies in positions that it needs to be put so that we can carry on and do God's work. And then it'll help us emotionally. It'll, it'll get us adjusted right to where we have the right responses. I was talking to someone today, someone in our church who works in a public place, and somebody came in and showed themselves and that somebody that came in and showed themselves is supposed to be a christian and that person acted in an emotionally unstable way and it's bothersome i'm not saying that we can't have a mistake that's why I, that's why i believe when we're hot tempered and we have a you know when, when we get angry we're temporarily insane because we say things and do things that we would never do in our right mind when we're stabilized emotionally. So my emotional health deserves for me to live well according to the Scripture. And then I want to give you one last one here. Why we should live well. My spiritual health will determine it. My spiritual health will determine how I do emotionally, how I do physically, it will determine how I live my life. My spiritual health is the most important thing that can happen to me. He says here in verse 3, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. It says here, Through these He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption in the world caused by the evil caused by evil desires see my spiritual health determines the rest of my life where i'm at spiritually will determine how i treat other people will determine how i relate to others it will determine where i'm at emotionally it will determine whether or not i'm going to give god control over my body it, it determines it all look at what first timothy 4 8 says first timothy 4 8 
for physical training is of some value. It's, a, it's, a, it's of some value. Now, let me just say this. Well, no, let me read. Let me read. But godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So for physical training is of some value. Some Christians live their lives as though physical training is the most important thing and spiritual training is of little value. It's just the opposite. Spiritual training is of the greatest value to your life. Physical training is of some value. It's good. And it's of some value because it will help you do God's will. Remember, we just laid it all out. We talked about our physical health depends on it. Our emotional health deserves it. But spiritual health is the most important. Because the physical one day will give in. The physical will, will deteriorate. The physical will betray us because of sin. And we're going to have to die. These bodies are decrepit and decaying. But he who does the will of God, the Bible says, will live forever. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. The Bible says to live as Christ and to die is gain. So, my spiritual health will determine whether or not I live well. When I say live well, I'm not talking about financial things, you know. Guys, I, money can't buy eternal salvation. It never will. Money can never buy emotional health. It can't buy physical health. It might be able to buy a little bit of it, get you a gym membership and, and get, get you some things that might help you a little bit, but it can't. And I mentioned this time and time again, but you look at famous people all over the world, be it movie stars, politicians, whatever, how many of them have ended their lives, have gone to drugs and all of that, and yet they got all the money in the world. But my spiritual health will determine whether or not I live a good life, a godly life. Look at Matthew 4, 4. What the Bible says here in Matthew 4, 4. Jesus answered, it is written. I, I like that. They put it in red up here. <laughs> That's pretty good. Good job, guys. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And then Colossians 3, 16. It's one of the great 3, 16 verses. There's some tremendous 3.16 verses, not just John 3.16. Let the message of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Your spiritual health will determine the trajectory of your life. It really will. And so when the Word of God says here in 2 Peter chapter 1, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. It's true. He's given us everything through His Word. He's given us His Son, Jesus Christ, 
as a propitiation for our sins. He is the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. He's given us the Helper, the Holy Spirit, who lives within us and will lead us into all truth. He's given us the disciplines, the spiritual disciplines that we have, prayer, where we can tap in to our power. He's given us the ability to be filled with the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, kindness. He's given us the Word of God. I mean, we live in a day that we have the written Word of God, which is complete. We don't need any new revelation from God, from a prophet. We've received that the Bible says that in the last days, God has spoken to us through His Son, Jesus Christ. We have it right here. We have everything that we need to live a strong godly life the question is whether or not you and i are committed to doing it and i've tried to lay it out why we should live well not everybody's going to do it i was talking with a brother last week in the foyer after church and we we're talking about that there's some christians that, that that just won't do it they won't live well look at what the bible says here it says uh in verse 8 for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective. It'll keep you from having a rotten life and unproductive in your knowledge, unproductive in your life, in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. You'll never stumble, meaning what you have will carry you through into eternity. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I challenge you, church. I challenge you, my friends, my brothers and sisters in Christ. I challenge you. Live the godly life. I challenge you to live the better life. To go in deep with God. To say, I, wanna, I want it all, God. I want to live for you with everything that I have. I want to walk with you. I, I, I want to obey you when nobody's looking. Coach, can you throw me my phone here? I wasn't a good wide receiver, so you may have just hand it to him. There we go. I, uh, I saw a message on Twitter yesterday, and I saved it as a picture so I would have it. I wanted to share it with you. I almost forgot about it. question is if I can find it. Here it is. Nope, that's not it. That's for a different sermon. Oh, well. But the bottom line, guys, who am I going to live for? Do I want a better life? Or do I want the best life that God has for me? It's, it's not always easy and it's not always pretty. But it's attainable in Christ. And so I want to lead us this year back to the basics. Yes, we'll always keep this. We'll always remember this. This will be our theme. This is our theme. Love God, love people. I've been reminded by several people in the church and I appreciate the reminder quite often say hey keep reminding us about this and yes i, I got to remind myself love god love people that's that's our ministry that's what we're all about but if i'm going to be effective in this i've got to be able to go back to the basics 
and decide how I want to live. Next week, we're going to start laying out the building blocks of how you build a life. You build it on the foundation of Christ, and you go from there, and here's what you add to it. And when it's all said and done, this is what a godly life looks like. But it's important that we live well. And that's why I've titled the message today, Why We Should Live Well. Because it has value. You need it. I need it. It's rottenness to our bones. Or it's rotten to our bones not to have peace, not to live for God. Our physical bodies need it. Our emotional heart needs it. Our spiritual life needs it. It determines how we live. And how you live and where you go spiritually and how healthy you are is determined by you. It is. Listen to me. It's not determined by your spouse. It's not up to them to fix you. It's not determined by your church. Oh, a church family is important, and it helps. It helps. But that's not an excuse. If I have a poor church family or if I don't have a church where I can grow in, then, then you know what? It is my responsibility to feed myself and find that place where I can serve and grow. But your spiritual development is on you. My spiritual development is on me. And I have a choice how I want to live. And I think I've laid out today for you, according to Scripture, why you should live well. You want to be healthy? Live godly. Live godly. You'll be healthy. You'll be healthy in the things that matter the most. And I'll I'll be honest with you here. If you'll do these things, you'll have two of the three down. Living spiritually right, it will determine everything else. It will heal you emotionally. And physically, it will, it will guide you. Now, some of us have some issues physically that we, we, we just can't, we can't deal. We, we, can't, we can't do anything about that. If you have a disease, I mean, a disease is not something you can do anything about. You can fight it. You can do whatever you can, but it's a disease. We're not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about doing the basic things that will give you an opportunity to be healthy. I know people who who are not who don't have what you and I have. People who are blind. But you know those people who are blind they've lost that sense. But let me tell you their 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 sense of smell is a whole lot better than yours and mine. Their 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 sense their their ability to touch to feel something in a room see there are people that don't have all that we have but yeah they've found a way to be healthy you look at kyle smith he's not here today i don't believe he is i don't see him but you know kyle had to have surgery on his brain stem 
and physically he has not recovered to the point that he thought he would or that he wanted to, but he had to have a surgery because he might not be here today if he didn't have the surgery. And you say, well, how is that working for him, Pastor? Is he, is he physically okay? Well, he's got some things that he can't control. But he does what he can do to physically be able to live for God and to serve God. You understand what I'm getting at? He's not harming himself. His disease and the problem that he has has harmed him. So he's making the most of it physically. That's why we should live well. Look, I need every ounce of help from God to make it through this life as a faithful servant. God's given me his building blocks and he's given me his word and I've got to do it his way. His way. I know this is not a marriage seminar, but you young couples that are getting ready to get married, can I, can I just say this to you? Um, <clears throat> we've got several of you here. It's probably the most in, that I've ever had at one time. Uh, your spouse is not going to fix your life. Matter of fact, they'll make it more complicated. Oh, I, I, when I was your age, and a pastor would say that to me, if, if he ever did, I would say, he's crazy. He don't know what he's talking about. She completes me. No, she doesn't. She aggravates me. The old saying, opposites attract early on. But once you get married, opposites attack. <laughs> I'm not trying to discourage you. No, I think marriage is awesome. It's the, I mean, it's a picture of Christ, of Christ and his church. It's a beautiful thing. But what I'm trying to tell you is this, is that your marriage is not going to make your life everything. It's your walk with God that will make your marriage. That's where it's at. Because, see, I didn't realize how selfish I was until I got married. It wasn't until I got married. I, I, I knew I was selfish, but I didn't realize how selfish I was. Baby, can you rub my back when she says that? My first thing is, well, I need a back rub. I didn't think about my own back rub until you mentioned that you wanted one. And I started thinking, well, I want one. And marriage will pull all that out of you, and you'll see what you really are all about. But I'm just saying this to you. You want to live a good life? You want to live well? You take care of these things. You decide, I want to live the right kind of life. And God will make your marriage work. Your marriage will work. I'll give you a 100% effective way for your marriage to last a lifetime. Here it is. You ready? I'm not even going to charge you for it. Here it is. You have this triangle. God's at the apex. He's at the top. Husband and wife. The wife and the husband together are both seeking God first and bringing glory to God. And both of them are committed to marriage for a lifetime. 100% of the time, it works for a lifetime till death do us part. It works every time. You say, is it that easy? Nope. 
But that's true. And in a marriage, if one chooses, they don't want to go there, and this one's going here. They got problems. Takes two to make it, only one to break it. So, you worry about you. When I say doing you, I'm not saying from a selfish standpoint, but from a spiritual standpoint. You make sure you got you right with God, living right. These other things will take care of themselves. And you'll be able to live a healthy life. I hope I've laid out why you should live well. You should want to live well. You should not be living ungodly. You should want to live well. It brings health to your body, soul, and spirit. Let's stand together. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for your word that it has everything we need to live this life for godliness. And I thank you that you've given us a challenge here. Because we go back to the basics. But starting with our foundation. Help us to clear the clutter that's confused us, that has brought about sinful behavior and decisions in our life. Reveal them to us. So that when we get back to the basics, now we can be in a position to be used by you for your glory and to help other people find the same healing and health spiritually, emotionally, and physically that we have found in Christ. God has spoken to you. This altar will be open for you to respond to him accordingly. God's leading you to be a part of this church. This will be the time if God's leading you to make a decision for him. I'll be standing here to help you in any decision that you make. If you need to talk with somebody for counseling, we have several people here that can help you. We don't have licensed counselors here, but we have biblical counselors who know what the Bible says and can help you in those ways. Father, may your will be done in us today, and I pray it in Christ's name. This is our invitation. As we sing, you do what God leads you.